You guys can grab a seat. How's everybody doing? Good. If you have a Bible, Luke chapter 13 is where we're going to be. Um, we've got some things to cover before we get there, but that is eventually, I'll break your stuff. It's where we're going to go, Luke chapter 13. So um, if you know me too well, I don't have many emotions. That's one of the best things about me. Um, I have, you know, me and then I have angry me. Uh, has anyone seen angry me? Don't lie, no one's, uh, yes. Dylan has seen angry me when he tries to cheat at board games. But, um, just kidding. But seriously, read the rules. So, uh, this morning, there's just, I, I don't have a hard time sleeping. I just, I'm just kind of an even kill guy. Um, but because of what God has done in the culmination of this morning, um, I've found myself being rather emotional about what's about to take place, um, which is crazy. Uh, I can sleep through anything. I couldn't sleep last night. Um, so this morning is brought to you by Red Bull. Good morning. Um, so if I talk really fast or if I'm a little jittery, uh, I'm not tweaking up here. I've just had a bunch of Red Bull. And I'm just excited about what the Lord is doing. Um, so here's kind of a rundown of what's taking place. We're going to open the gospel. We're going to see what Jesus is teaching us. And, and then we're going to wrestle with what that means for us as a church. Um, if this is your first time, and I'll get to it in a minute, we've rolled out the vision for the next 10 years of what we think God is asking us to do. And so throughout this service, we're going to have some Q&A time. Um, the, here's the best avenue that, um, hey, Sarah, can you bring me my phone? Uh, here's the best avenue that we know how to. At any moment, if you have a question, past, present, future, vision, direction of what's taking place, uh, I want you to text it to this number. Um, and we will have a time during the service where we'll be able to address all those questions. We'll have the elders up here, um, and we can kind of work through, thank you so much, as many questions as possible. Um, here's the two ground rules for as you're texting in questions. Uh, and I love that I have to give this as a ground rule because I love our people. Um, we're doing this live time, so don't send dumb messages. I, I can just promise you over half the questions that I would get are something dumb. Um, so, and I love that about you typically, church, but this morning, don't do that, um, so that we can filter through the questions as quick as possible. Uh, and the other one is, when you text in a question, please include your first and last name. Um, that way we can, if we don't have a chance to answer it this morning, we can follow up with you throughout the week and, and get the answer to you. Uh, but we wanted all the church to be involved. This is not a vision that we had, the elders have set just for the elders. This is the church's vision that we feel like God is asking us to do the next 10 years. Um, and because of that, we have some really exciting news, uh, what that means for us today. So, all that being said, Luke chapter 13 is where we're going to be. Um, now, a couple years ago, and, and we'll, the number will keep coming up on the screen throughout the morning. So as you have a question, just keep texting it in. Um, we, a couple of years ago, I had what's called a Kairos moment. If you don't know what that is, I would encourage you to get into a missional community um, because that's one of the things that we're learning as a missional community is these Kairos moments where God reveals something to you and you have to choose how then you're going to respond. Um, I was doing a bivocational work, this is about a year and a half ago, as a PE teacher for a private school. Uh, they called me Coach Gabe, I like that. Uh, better than Pastor Gabe. Coach Gabe just sounds cool. Sounds masculine. So uh, I was doing PE, and so the thing, one of the events I had to plan was field day. So I'd been a youth pastor before. Planning events was nothing big for me. So I procrastinated. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, I went to Pinterest. Anyone else? 
Okay, um, got it planned really quickly, threw it up. Uh, the day of, all these parents, all these teachers, all these uh, students were coming to, this was the greatest field day ever. You should plan field day all the time. And it just, every time someone would give me a compliment, I just started feeling a ton of guilt. And I'm wrestling with like, why, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel guilty? Um, it's because I didn't try hard. Why didn't I try hard? Because I was afraid. All fear leads to justification. So what I was afraid was, if I actually put all my effort into this and failed, could I handle that? If I put all my eggs in this basket, if I planned the best field day ever and it tanked, could I handle the rejection that would come with this? So when we all face fears, we'll typically start to justify the situation to make ourselves feel better. So if field day would have tanked, I had my way out, right? Like, well, I didn't really try, so it's not a big deal. Well, I stole this from Pinterest, so like, it's their fault. I had a scapegoat in the process, and most of us handle fear this way. When fear comes around, we try to justify it. Uh, here's another way. If we fear we won't have approval, we justify it by having excuses, right? If we fear the fact that we try something and, and we get disapproved because of it, um, we will always make excuses to justify ourselves. So this week, um, based on some of these guys that I really love and respect in our missional community who set me up for failure, uh, I decided to hike from Neal's Gap to Woody Gap. Uh, if you don't know anything about that, I was looking at my app last night, a hiking app, and it says extremely difficult. Uh, I might have added extremely, but it did say difficult. Um, so 1045 is going to be a five-hour hike. I was going to be back to the car. Everything was going to be gravy. I was going to go to some of the Wesley students to go watch Wesley. And uh, when I finished, it was dark and I was dead. That was the closest. I mean, there was moments where like, I had a little emergency blanket in my pack. I'm like, this is it, Lord. I'm just laying here. Take me now. Uh, like, I, I seriously contemplated what would it look like to just set up camp and just stay here for the night and we'll figure it out in the morning. But I had this excuse, right? Like, the fact is, it took so long because I'm out of shape. But here's my excuse. Here's my justification. Oh, I've never day hiked before, so I didn't know what to expect. Well, I've never done this trail, so then I didn't know what to expect. So I had a fear of losing approval of my friends, so I start making excuses. I start justifying it. Or we fear we, if we don't have control, we justify by lying and deceiving to gain control. Now, this is a whole sermon within itself, and I've got to move on. Uh, but let me pick on this one for real quick. If you're a college student, raise your hand. If you're a college dude, raise your hand. Here's a sentence, college guys, you are never allowed to say anymore. God told me to break up with you. <laughs> Stop it. That is not allowed. That is fear, and we're trying to justify ourselves because we cannot control the situation of a relationship. And so we try to justify by blaming God, because who can argue with God? So we say, no, 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 like, it's not me, I'm sorry, like, I really wish this would work, but God told me I'm uncomfortable. No, you're a coward. God did not tell you that, because unless you're yes be yes and you're no be no, you're just trying to look for a way out. Let's just own up to the fact. But when fear rolls in, I cannot be stuck in this situation the rest of my life. We're going to justify, we're going to try to control. Or if we fear we don't have comfort, we justify by comparison and call it wisdom. Did you know that the average household debt, credit card debt in America is over $9,000? So if we fear that we don't have comfort like our neighbors, then we justify it. Even just now, it, it might have happened in this room. Well, I don't have 9000 I only have three, so I'm good. No. So we try to justify when fear 
comes into the surface. So what we're going to see this morning is Jesus calling this kind of thinking out and going, no, 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 let's get to the root of it. You're not justifying uh, because you're afraid, you're hiding from the truth. What is that truth? So we'll see Luke 13, 1 through 5. There were some, uh, some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Verse 2, and he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they are worse offenders than the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So let's pray as we dive into this text. Uh, Father, would we recognize this morning and would we be able to call a spade a spade? Father, where there's fear in our hearts, would we be able to admit it? Would we quit hiding behind lies and justifications and just admit to you, God, that we are actually afraid? that we're trying to use conventional wisdom, that we're trying uh, to justify, we're trying to rationalize our situation, but the root of it is we're afraid because we don't trust you. So Father, would you speak to us this morning? Would you speak to us as a church this morning uh, as we lay out what we think you're asking us to do, Father? We pray that we would move forward in boldness, not fear. It's only by your name that we pray. Amen. So this crazy situation is taking place, and there's two of them. There's uh, Pilate who comes in and has his guards dressed up in normal clothes, comes into the temple, um, and is starting killing people. I mean, it would be like this. And not only does he murder them within the Jewish setting, within the synagogue as the sacrifices are taking place, uh, but he also takes their, biblically, he takes their blood and mingles it with the sacrifices they're making as almost a mockery of their system because there's so much bad blood blood between the Jews and the Romans that the Jews would never bow down to the Roman culture that was permeating in this day and the Romans hated it so they went in and killed them and likewise this tower fell crushing 18 people and this is not the first time that a question has brought up like this John 9 uh, records that there was a blind man and the disciples go whose sin is this is it this man or is it his father's why is he this way so what these, what these crowds are trying to do is they're trying to justify the fact that, look, they did something bad. That's why they died, right? It's, it's their fault. They should have done better. I'm better, therefore I'm not going to die like this. Right, God? Right? Right? Instead of facing the fact that life happens, we lived in a fallen world. Death takes place. They're trying to justify and go, what sins did they commit to make sure I didn't do that? Now, if we're honest, and if we had time, we could dive into how much the church does this, how much we're constantly living in this. As long as I do this and this and this, God is going to reward me. As long as I come to church, as long as I read my Bible, and as long as I pray, uh, then God's never going to let anything bad happen to you. And the moment something bad happens to you, you get so angry with God and say, where were you on this? Look at all that I've done for you. All I asked you to do was this one little prayer. Keep my parents married. Don't let my grandparents die. Let me get into this school. One little prayer, God, and you couldn't even do that. And that's how quickly we get into this false thinking that if we can just live this way instead of the fact of God is in control and we just need to trust him. There's no fear in that. 
if we can just sit back and say, no, whatever takes place. Death happens. Not because any other, but just because it happens. We lived in a fallen world. Things happen. It's not always related to, now yes, are there, if I get drunk and go get behind a wheel and commit a DUI, do I deserve to get arrested? Yes. So I'm not saying there's not consequence to our sin. But what I am saying, there's sometimes God is just sovereignly letting things take place because we live in a fallen world. The message here is where, so we try to get distracted and justify, like, well, were they sinners? Like, how, how did this take place? So I make sure I don't do the same thing. But here's the message. Now, statistic for you. Anyone else love statistics? Here's one that will maybe, like, help us understand. 100% of you will die. <laughs> Welcome to the branch. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know if you realized that, but the mortality rate in this room is 100%. So don't ever let anyone say the branch is weak because we are strong in this area. We will all die one day, 100%. So, so we got to face the music. And this is what Jesus is pleading with these guys. Hey, quit making all these excuses. There, there's two choices here. You repent, you change the way you think, and you follow me, or you perish, and you spend a life apart from me for eternity. One of the themes that I hope that we're seeing through the Gospel of Luke is this division that Jesus creates. I mean, he says over and over again, I did not, become, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to divide. And so this is just another example. There's only two ways, church. We either repent and we follow Christ, or we perish. So what is the number one? If we look at the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. This is the crux of what Jesus is teaching us. That we are called to make disciples. We are called to preach the gospel. That God is here to save, repent, or perish. There's no other way. There's no in-between. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, well, it was January, uh, we had our first elders retreat. We commissioned our elders back in the fall. So the elders came together, and we just had an honest conversation. How are we doing as a church? I mean, what does it really look like? How are we really doing? And this is one of the areas I think Matt brought up. If you're an elder, just raise your hand real quick so we can kind of see everyone. Uh, Jeremy, Matt, Greg, and Rob, and myself. Um, one of the areas that we just really brought up was we are weak in this area, that we are not equipping, we are not training, we are not discipling our people uh, to go into the world with this message that God loves you, he's crazy about you, he's seeking after your heart. But, but you've got to repent. You've got to follow him or there's no other way. And, and you can say, well, that's a, that's a cold message, Pastor. It's, it's the Bible. Welcome to the branch. Like, I'm, like, we can't change that. This is the truth of the gospel. So when we stopped and we started asking these questions, when we really looked into it, um, we created this 10-year vision for what the church is going to look like and, and all that we feel like God wants us to accomplish. Uh, and the number one thing is just this. We've got to disciple our people um, into this message, into having honest conversations with people every day saying, listen, God is crazy about you, but there's no, we cannot play this back and forth. If you think you're in the middle, you're probably perishing. Repent or perish. Follow after him. It's worth it. Come with us. So here's what it looks like for us, and this is where some of the questions can start rolling in. Um, the best way we know how to train you guys, the best way we know how to raise up disciples is within one year, we want every single member, every single one of you involved in a missional community. Now, raise your hand if you're in a missional community right now. 
So within one year, we want every single person inside of a missional community because that's the way that we know, the best way we know how to make disciples, to teach you guys, to train one another in this area. Um, so right now, all of our MCs are going through Life Shapes, which are just simple tools um, to have these conversations about Jesus. But here's what we started thinking about. If we do this well, if, if we assimilate people in missional communities, if all this takes place, if discipleship is taking place, uh, what's going to happen with them? So this is where things get a little crazy. That our 10-year vision in the next decade, uh, we want to create a network of churches uh, within college communities in the southeast, and we want to create 10 of them. So in the next 10 years, we're going to have a network of 10 churches within the college communities in the southeast. And we're going to do that by discipling, by raising up you guys every two years. So if you commit to a missional community within t- for two years, uh, by the time it's over, you'll be fully discipled and be able to turn around and go make disciples. Um, so here's kind of our logo that we're, Ricky's created for us. Um, and you can see how it all ties together that the center of this logo is Jesus. And then we have a network of churches. Now here, here's what we mean when we say network, just to clarify a few things. Um, one thing, we mean fully autonomous. We're not going to have this beautiful mug on screens across 10 campuses. No, these churches are going to be fully autonomous. They're going to govern themselves. They're going to run themselves. But they're going to choose to partner within a network uh, of churches like-minded so that we can push each other to become the best and healthiest churches possible. Now, this means that we're going to be sending people to these churches, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be planting all these churches. Um, we might have a situation to where a church is uh, dying and they can't survive anymore and they ask the branch to come in and, and merge with them and take them over. Uh, well, at that point, we would add another church to the network. Um, we might have uh, situations to where um, there's, we just move in and no, no one, like my wife and I did. I mean, it was us and just a few other people that moved to Dahlonega and started this thing. We might have situations like that. But within the next decade... The next 10 years, we want to see a network of 10 churches, 10 branch churches within college communities in the southeast. That's where we're going. But the most important part of this is the two, that we've got to make disciples who make disciples. If that falls apart, everything else falls apart. Now, I wish, I mean, just for time, I wish I could go in and explain the college community, why we're so passionate about moving into college towns. Uh, here's just a couple quick. One, if you're a college student in America, you're the top 1% of the world. Um, the, the opportunities that you're going to have is incredible. The sending power of college students is incredible. Um, and the lack of healthy churches within college communities is incredible. Um, college kids, you guys tithe? No. I love you. No, you don't. You try. It's good. It's like, hey, good job. Um, but there's not a sustainable model for collegiate church planning. And, and so guys will say, well, then we can't do it. That's not a real church. Okay, quit going to Africa. I mean, that logic just falls apart really quickly. I might have to raise my salary for the rest of my life, but if the gospel is getting out into college communities, it's worth it. So that's just where we feel. That is the crux of it. And here's Romans 1.14 just says this so well. I am under obligation, both to the Greeks and the barbarians, that we can't not do this, that God has given us a vision, he's asked us to plant churches that plant churches, and we cannot not do this. We are under full obligation. Now, here's kind of the question that maybe you're wrestling with, okay, like, planting churches, but what about all the other people that don't have any interest in planting churches, creating a network of churches? We want to be a sending factory. 
44 times in the Gospels, Jesus refers to himself as being sent. Being sent. Uh, he, he, John 20, 21 says this, As the Father has sent me, I send you. So we're not necessarily worried about the location, we're worried about the intention. We want you to be sent to other college towns to plant churches. We want you to be sent across the globe to make disciples. We want you to be sent across the street to make a disciples. It does not matter. Location matters nothing to us. What matters is the fact that you were discipled and you now can go and make disciples. That's what we're fighting for. That's where we're putting all of our eggs in that, that basket. Um, there's a quote that I'm going to read for us that, that just kind of got all of the elders and the, team, the staff on the same page when we were thinking about this that, that really explains what we want to be as a church. The vision was to stop becoming a lake church and instead become a river church. In a lake church, people flow in and stay. It seeks to get more and more people around one pastor in one place. But in a river church, the people flow in but keep moving downstream. God takes them to other places to minister. The measurement becomes about flow rate instead of volumes contained, about gallons per minute instead of gallons retained. So here's what we want to do. We want to be constantly leaking everywhere. That's a really bad way to say that. We just, we just love leakage. That's, welcome to the branch church. So... We want to just be, I mean, constantly having people come out of us. We're constantly sending. We're, we're never about growing a huge crowd centered around one person or one team. And we're constantly, like, we want to be sending people left and right. That's what we want to accomplish. But I have to just to come back to the 10 and 10. We believe God's plan A to the world is the local church. We're going to put all of our eggs in that basket. Yes, we want to send people everywhere, but our primary focus is going to be the local church. So one of our three-year strategies to get to 10 and 10 is that within the next three years, uh, we want to start three churches. Um, that seems overambitious, and, <clears throat> and it might be. Uh, but I'm pleased to report that we have uh, a team of six people praying about possibly 2019, 2020 going off to plant a branch somewhere. Um, but the big part of why we've just been pumping up and we're so excited to see what God is doing is, is I'm here to announce this morning on behalf of the elders that we're starting the Branch Milledgeville this fall. So, yeah, it's crazy. So the Branch Milledgeville will be launching this fall. So just, just to put a picture of what God is doing, before the Branch Salonica turns four, we've already started a church. And I was meeting with these guys from the Branch Milledgeville yesterday, and their intention is within the first two years to start a church. So the multiplication, the river route, is already starting to take place. It's already starting to get into our ethos. It's starting to permeate in everything that we do, that within uh, this fall, we will have a uh, group just like this scattered together uh, for the sake of the gospel. They will usher into missional communities and then percolate down into DNAs for the sake of the gospel. Now, let me kind of give you, I know y'all probably have a million questions, and this, again, we can put the number back up here. This is where some of the questions can start rolling in. Um, and here in a little bit, we'll answer all that we can. Um, but number one question, who is going to be leading this thing? Who are we sending out? Now, here, before I get to that part, here's just a, a big part to remember. Um, this is not going to be an easy process. 
Everything that we do within a church, whether it be Sunday gatherings, whether it be missional communities, whether it be DNAs, they're all multipliable, meaning that built into the structure is to multiply. And every time we multiply, um, we separate from our friends. That there's a little bit of death every time multiplication takes place. And there's going to be a little bit of death this summer when we send out this team. Uh, but Kyle and Jennifer Worthy are going to be leading the Branch Milledgeville Church for us. Um, and so I'm going to explain. They can come up here in a minute. I'm going to explain a little bit about them and how all this came about. Um, and then we'll hear from these guys and answer some questions and then just worship like crazy because God is good, right? Um, so uh, Kyle has been here from pretty much the beginning. Um, and now when I first met Kyle, uh, he was broad-eyed, bushy-tailed, and never wrong. Um, everything was Kyle's idea. It was the greatest thing. Um, he had a silver spoon. It was just Kyle, and I loved Kyle. Uh, Matt and I, our first early staff meetings, uh, majority of the time was just talking to Kyle. Uh, and then right not too long after that, Kyle got married, and all of that changed. He quickly learned how wrong he was, <laughs> as marriage does to most of us. Uh, but, but I'll say this. In the almost four years I've known Kyle, I've never seen one serve like anyone like Kyle. Kyle is constantly, and, and here's, some of you might not know who Kyle is, and here's why, because he's always behind the scenes doing everything for everybody. He's not seeking the glory. He's not seeking the fame. He is constantly serving. He has been the best right-hand man for me for this season. He takes notes. Who takes notes in staff meeting? He just does it. He just picks up the slack constantly. And the other thing is I've, I've never seen someone fat or grow so fast as I've seen Kyle in the last three years. All that he has done and all that he has grown in, uh, growth is Kyle's middle name. Now, he might do it with some reluctancy, but he's going to chew on everything you say. He quotes me all the time. I'm going, man, do you remember all that I say? Because that's going to be bad for me one day. Uh, you're going to tell all this to the elders, and I'm fired quickly. So Kyle has grown so much. I mean, raise your hand if you've heard Kyle teach. Phenomenal, right? Um, Kyle, all that you see right here on this, Kyle leads the Sunday gathering team. Um, Jen works at a school. She's a teacher. Um, she fosters relationships so well. And so as the elders, we were unanimous in the fact that, hey, Kyle's, Kyle's the guy. Kyle is the one to lead this team. So we will be sending Kyle out. They'll probably move May, June-ish to get to Milledgeville and to take this thing off. But, but here's the other side of the coin, and I'll introduce these guys too. Um, over, over the past few years, we've had opportunities to plant in other places. We've had opportunities to merge and take over churches and, and go to different towns, and it was just never the right time. But there's a group of three guys that I've known for a long time. And uh, they were in my youth group when I was an interim youth guy a long time ago. We grew up in the same church. I convinced one to wear jeans for three or six months. Three months. So he wore the same pair of jeans for three months solid. Um, he's a phenomenal dancer, Tyler is. Just get him to show you. Uh, all the single ladies, it's his favorite dance, and he can rock it. Uh, I'm glad he's got a girlfriend because um, I was not sure at one point. But... These guys went down, so the same time that we launched the branch, Dahlonega, fall of 2014 was the same time that these three guys got to uh, Georgia College State University in Milledgeville. They looked around, they pursued, they seeked different campus ministries, different churches, and, and just nothing was on their level. Nothing was pushing them and pressing them. And so like good believer entrepreneurs, they said, well, let's just start it ourselves. 
Let's just do something. Let's quit saying, well, nothing's here for me, so I'm just not going to try. But let's push, let's press a limit, let's try something. So they started a college ministry called FAM. Um, and within a year and a half, FAM has gone from just these three dudes up to, they've had some nights over 100 people coming to a night of worship on Thursday nights. Um, they currently have 40 people within small groups. How many leaders do you guys have? Yeah, so 10 leadership. And these guys have done this on their own. So we have just been watching them and, and encouraging them from a distance and supporting them, going, oh, you guys are awesome. And now they're getting to their point of getting ready to graduate, and they go, we, we, we can't let this, God is not done here in Milledgeville. Um, so right after the elders had commissioned, we started having this conversation of what would it look like? Because we've got a guy, Kyle, who's on deck, who's ready to go. And we've got all this work taking place in Milledgeville that's ready to go. What would it really look like if we just combined forces? If we said, okay, God, uh, this is yours, take it. So let me just, it's just a couple things that is just crazy about this. Uh, one, because of the hard work that these guys have put into Milledgeville, um, we have, and it's not on paper yet, but they have uh, a building space, a permanent facility already uh, that is cheaper rent than what we pay here for four hours on a Sunday. A little jealous. Um, they have all these college students that are hungry for a good, healthy local church. So they'll probably launch with more than we have here, uh, a little bitter. Uh, they don't have the need to have set up and tear downs. They just, they're just ready. The gospel is ready. The ground is good. And so I want to invite Kyle and the fam guys up, Tyler, Tyler Bailey, and Collier, Kyle and Jen. Uh, and I just want you guys to hear from them a little bit about what God is doing um, and their hopes and expectations for the future and the branch Milledgeville and what that's going to look like. And, um, so you guys can come on up. So Kyle, why don't you start us off, man? Man, uh, I just want to start by saying that uh, I'm trying not to cry. Um, so um, it's so cool. But um, God is so good that we can even be standing here. Uh, it's only by his grace that we're even here. Um, so if you guys have seen me here recently, like um, just what Gabe said, man, um, just emotions all over the place. like. So many highs and so many lows through the season, but uh, God has sustained us. He's upheld us with his righteous right hand that uh, we can even be here with these guys and, and my wife um, just to continue in what God is doing in Milledgeville, the work of, of pushing back darkness, uh, that we get to even do that, that God has called us to do that. Um, it's crazy. So that we get to go in this idea that what we've started here, man, um, I remember those first staff meetings we're sitting there. We've always talked about being a church that planted churches, this idea of replication, this idea of multiplication, of carrying out the Great Commission, um, and that uh, you guys as uh, a church and as the elders and staff uh, have equipped me and my wife so greatly to go and have no doubt that because of God's grace that we can do this. Um, that we get to join in with what you guys have started, that firm foundation already. Um, it's an honor. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about multiple conversations I've had in the room with individuals here um, and how you guys have invested in me, how you've invested in my wife. Man, um, it means the world to us um, that these relationships that we know what we're doing here through missional communities is, is how the church is built. 
So we don't have to worry about going down and doing systems and structures. Like, if you know me, you know that's so not me. Uh, I'm so type A that I'm thinking systems and structures, but uh, when you focus on making disciples, Christ will build his church. Um, and it's just a testament for what you guys have already done, uh, that we get to join in on that is, is amazing. Um, so I'd be remiss without saying, uh, Mom and Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for how you guys um, invested in me, growing me up, um, pushing me towards Christ. Um, sweetie, I, I don't want to make you cry, but like you, <laughs> Gabe is completely right. Uh, I, uh, I always say the best decision apart from Christ was you um, and pushing me to be that. So uh, we're excited. So um, over the next couple months as we're dreaming of what Milledgeville will look like, um, I'm, it's my prayer that many of you in this room, um, that the Spirit will move and that you guys will make that same decision to come with us. And the fact that I can even stand here and say that is just a testament to that quote and our elders that um, we truly believe this. This is who we are, that it's a river church, that we're going to be equipped and sent out just as Christ was sent out. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who God raises up and who's going to come with us. Uh, I'm just excited. So um, I'll keep rambling, but I, I, I wanted my wife to share a little bit of, of her heart um, about this whole process as well. Um, I guess when I graduated college, if you would have asked me if I would have ever, you know, pursued church planting, I probably would have said no. Um, that was not what I um, expected to do. Um, but uh, I think this whole process has really showed me um, how um, limitless um, the Lord and his plans are for you. And um, I think being in this community um, for the past, um, what, three years, um, just everybody loving on us and preparing us for something that we had no idea for um, was just pretty amazing. Um, so I know that, you know, every bit of this was from the Lord because he's orchestrated everything and opened every door for it. Um, so I'm just really excited to see, um, like I'm eager to go. Um, I'm not eager to leave you know, family, but I'm grateful to make new family as well and, um, you know, create those relationships and, and um, you know, pour into others as we've been poured into here. So just truly grateful um, for our community and, and family here as well. So. Yeah, just through this process, it's been um, just so cool, like you, like Jen just said, that God has completely brought this about. So we are almost two years to the day. So we went down and kicking it over to these guys, uh, almost two years to the day. Uh, we went down and we heard about what you guys were doing and we wanted to check out and sitting in that room, just seeing what you guys were doing and uh, just worshiping with you guys. Never would have thought, you know, in two years that the Lord would call us down there to, to join in ministry with you guys. So, um, but before I kick it over to, the, uh, to these guys, I just, 
as the church. Um, a lot of you guys know a lot of our, our history for Jen and I um, of our um, want to be parents. Um, so if you guys are all wondering, like, what happened to Kyle's hair and what happened to his facial hair? Um, so we're through, we're going through an adoption process um, that we could find out as early as tomorrow. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this about adoption, but in order to adopt a baby, you also have to look like a baby. So um, I'm not going to lie, I've told somebody that joke so many times a day, so I don't have original material. That's the one I got, so I'm going to stick with it. Um, but if you guys could be in prayer for us and that this entire season, God has brought that process of adoption about in this. Um, so it's a lot, and we just feel <laughs> his grace of everything that he's opening up all at one time. So if you guys are currently in a season where you're praying and asking God for something, our encouragement is to stand firm and trust him. So uh, I want to kick it over to these guys because uh, these guys are rock stars and you guys need to hear from them. And uh, before they talk, just a reminder, any questions, thoughts, comments, shoot it to the text and we'll get it going. We're talking to this one. Whatever you want, big baby. Hey, y'all. So I, I think just to echo what Kyle said. Um, this is Bailey. This is Bailey. Tyler. I'm Bailey. <laughs> this, this is Tyler. Tyler. This That's is Collier. Collier. Um, we're just so excited. Um, we've been working and started in our house in, in a converted garage room with 12 people and Tyler got tased the first night as like our icebreaker. And so if that doesn't tell you um, what Tyler doesn't know is, in all good memory, uh, will you bring up the taser? We're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, just some background on us, Milledgeville, Georgia College was not our first choice, even our second for all of us. It was our third. Um, and so just even getting to live with each other. Um, I've known Tyler since three-year-old T-ball and Collier since six years old. Never went to the same school, but we're always united through the church. Um, and so we're just blown away. Uh, we've been in such a headspace since we started that we never wanted to become college students, local church, but just through the cultural climate out there, we did. Um, and we saw God move, and we were just conflicted the whole time because we were like, we are not your local church, but we had no local church to point them to. And so I think the biggest thing we could tell y'all is we could not be more ready to submit to the branch network and the local church authority and be able to just see it done right and see it done well. Um, and just coming under Branch Network and seeing disciples multiplied and sent. Um, God's already been moving. We have three freshman guys who have come to us and said, hey, I wanna plant through Branch. When is it coming? When can I start tithing? Even though it would probably not be, you know, like Gabe said, tithing, but a form of tithing. Um, and so it's just, I mean, it's been incredible. And I just, well, I have it before I pass it off to one of these guys. Um, just want to thank my parents, too. And, um, and these guys. I mean, we're such a good team. We couldn't be more opposite. But <laughs> um, that's where we see the Holy Spirit move. And it's such an honor to call Kyle our pastor. Um, and boss. Well, I guess Gabe, boss. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> if you would have told us our, one of our first youth pastors would one day be our boss and we'd get to partner in ministry together, we would have called you a liar. But we couldn't be more excited. And the gospel's already been moving. It always is. 
And so we just want to faithfully chase after that and network. Yeah. Um, Bailey basically covered most of the tracks there, but just want to say just thank you and thank you, Gabe, for allowing us this opportunity and just to be able to partner. Like, it's just cool coming out of such a season of prayer and just trying to figure out what that next step's going to look like to finally be in that place where we get to announce and we get to join in. So I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, we, we can't wait. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of reiterate what they were saying, but you guys are such an answer to our prayers. And um, just really over the past year and a half, just trying to find the local church in Millersville that we could submit to and not really being presented with that opportunity. And then seeing God just orchestrate all of this in the short period that he has, um, when this really wasn't even something we had even considered when we went to college or when we started FAM or even a year ago. Um, just to see how God has moved so quickly and how he's worked it out so seamlessly. Um, we know that his hand is in this and we're just excited to partner um, with the branch and just see where God's going to lead us. Now one of the crazy things, just and I don't even know it has anything to do with anything, but blame it on the Red Bull. Uh, Bailey's family, which is here, are actually church planning right now as well. So like, it's just crazy to see generational and just church planning taking place. Um, so anything else for you guys that you want to bring up? Do you want to share some of the logistics and, and what God is doing in Milledgeville and Habitat and, and just all that's taking place already? Give us a good snapshot of Milledgeville. Yeah, I'll kick it over to Bailey here. But um, as far as, like Gabe said, gatherings-wise, uh, we are hoping to launch gatherings uh, in, in the fall as, as quickly as we possibly can. We'll get down there, uh, get to know uh, families. If you've been around here for a while, you know, uh, while we're unashamedly going after college students and we're planning in collegiate context, um, you've seen what it's done for your discipleship when we've had families. So as we get down there, we'll be core team building and building those relationships. But logistics wise, uh, we're going to hammer out a lot of that over the next couple months here. Tyler and I are going to be on the phone a lot. I'll be driving down to Milledgeville a lot. So if anyone wants to check it out, let me know. Come on down with me. Um, but as far as uh, everything, as far as gathering space, you want to fill them in on that? Yeah. And in uh, the next down the coalition and just all of that. Yeah, so we, um, the meeting space Gabe actually mentioned, um, is through Habitat for Humanity in a local area, and it's through, <laughs> oh, it's crazy, the connection is just this Indian man named Raleigh uh, Diramal, and he's just incredible. Um, he, he's someone who's very passionate about serving in the community, and someone we've made a personal connection with, along with our landlady, and just other people in the area who are looking to make a difference, um, and so we have that place available for 500 um, a month and uh, just through building that relationship with him and it's our space Monday through Sunday um, not just on Sunday mornings so it'll be an incredible opportunity on top of everything we've got going on and I'll let Ty tell about the coalition yeah. yeah and so we meet weekly with a group in the Harrisburg community which is just outside Milledgeville but it's more of the impoverished area of Milledgeville um, so we meet on a weekly basis Tuesdays on starts with prayer ends with prayer and just trying to see how we can serve the community and so we're working with them and with Morale to create like a 10-year plan to see like actual difference being made in the community more than just the quick turnarounds or um, donations and those kind of things, but actually trying to develop a strategy for what that could look like. I think going off of that, the big thing that's going to be huge for FAM is there's, it's going to be completely unique in the fact that we are branch, branches college ministry. And that's nothing any other college ministry can say on campus. And for those of you who might be on the fence about coming to Milledgeville, and want to serve, 
Um, Milledgeville itself has a lot of opportunity in the fact that it's hovering around 52% poverty rate. And so it's literally this town that's divided by train tracks. And so we're just excited about seeing what we can do to mobilize college students because they have plenty of time on their hands, freshman through senior year, and just helping them realize that and seeing the gospel ascend them. So that's what we're really excited about. Now you guys can figure out how you want to answer this. A um, couple questions all kind of pertaining around the same thing. And, and keep texting in if, if you've got questions. <clears throat> how can we help? I hit the wrong button. Uh, how can we help and, and put it in a different way? Uh, what are their immediate, midterm, and long-term needs, and how can we help them? <clears throat> so I'll answer from the Brain Salon standpoint in a second, but you guys go first. And what are the needs that you guys see? How can people get involved? Um, first and foremost is, is prayer um, in all of this, because anytime there's an act of God that he is doing something and he's moving, um, we've already experienced uh, that spiritual warfare, uh, that we would continue to be united um, as a team and as we, as the Branch Milledgeville, are submitting to the network as well, that that relationship would go well. Um, so if that feels a little ethereal, uh, I totally understand, but that is, we want to hold in highest esteem. Uh, but, but tangibly, um, man, we are gonna be starting fundraising. We're starting a, a church from really uh, scratch because a lot of the collegiate side, they, they get a little bit of funding here and there. Um, but everything you see here, um, you know, it, it does cost money to go and move and, and to do those things. So uh, if you know of anyone or you yourself um, would love to partner with us there as well, um, man, I know Tyler's already hitting the ground running with this, uh, so anything financial, but really, the reason why we're even doing this and using this as a gathering time is uh, because you guys, um, like Gabe said, if you're in college, you're the top 1% in the world, that uh, the sending power that churches have. So um, my biggest prayer throughout this whole process is that not only college students, but also uh, families, that you would consider the gospel uh, pushing forward in Milledgeville, something worth giving your life to as well. So I know these guys, um, I cannot be more excited and honored to go down with them as they're doing that. So uh, that's definitely a um, immediate and will be a long-term need as well. So um, anything to do with networking, contacts, you know people in the area, man, we just wanna get down there and join in what God's already doing there too. So um, if you don't have my contact information, um, see me afterwards, I'd love to get it to you um, on the website, um, Facebook, all of that. So um, anything else you guys wanted to for that one. So keep them coming. They're not very curious. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple that, that I'll answer from an eldership standpoint. Um, but other than that, uh, wait a second. Okay. Um, I'll answer that one in a second. Thanks, Mark. Uh, any, any, anything else? Send it in real quick. If not, like I said, this is, uh, this is the announcement, but like we don't have all the details figured out. We'll be rolling out more details as time goes on. Um, but these are the guys that are going to be leading the Brants Millersville. So I just want to get, get them in front of you um, so that we can start encouraging and praying over them and getting them ready. So thank you guys so much. Uh, so I was going to invite some of our elders up to help out with some of these questions, but like I said, you guys just must really trust us. Um, and so there, there's not a ton, so I'll, I'll take the rest and then um, we'll wrap this thing up and we'll celebrate what God is doing. Um, is the branch actually ready to plant? 
it's a valid question. Um, Kyle, he was talking about earlier financial stability and all that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're still raising support too. Um, so I would kind of throw a, a selfish caveat in there. Uh, don't take your giving here and give it to there because then we wouldn't make it here. Um, we are dependent on, I'm, I'm still raising support on the outside. And, and this is where I could offer some statistics that I think would help us justify the situation. Um, that if you don't plant within the first three years, statistically you never will. Um, that over 20% of plants happen by churches under 100. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to go that route. Here's what I want to go. I know that God has asked us to do this. Uh, and the elders are confident that the Lord has asked us to do this, and so we're going to walk forth in that. Um, another question, um, how is the church body a part of the decision-making process in the church? Um, great question. When we commissioned, and, and this is maybe some of the difference we're, from the churches you guys grew up in, uh, but we're an elder-led church, so when you guys voted in the elders, the process of that was trusting these elders um, to lead the church in the way that they should go. Um, and so we want input. We constantly want you guys to be praying for us and helping us see our blind spots. Um, but at the end of the day, the elders had uh, hours and hours and hours of meeting going through this. Uh, we required College Inn to go through an assessment to make sure that they were healthy enough to plant. Um, so we, we've done a ton of work in this process. Um, so at the end of the day, we're just asking you guys to trust us. And, and if all this falls apart, um, blame Rob. Another question, is the plan for an entire MC group to head down each week for a while? Possibly. Uh, that is a great question. We're looking for suggestions. Um, here's part of what Kyle kind of alluded to, but, but what we're going to ask, especially if you're a college student, would you pray about transferring there? Would, would you pray about moving down? If, if you're not really set in your career yet, would you pray about looking for jobs, looking for opportunities in Milledgeville to help these guys get off the ground? Uh, would you pray, would you consider that? We're not going to be selfish. Um, here's another statistic that's going to make me feel better. I probably shouldn't quote it, but here we go. Um, churches that send out uh, grow 25% more than churches that don't. So by us sending, we're not worried about losing people. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to send people left and right to advance the gospel. Uh, and so that's the answer to that. Another question, how do we get involved to go plant? Um, and I'm assuming that means Milledgeville, but then also just in general. Um, step one is make sure you're plugged into the MC. Step two, make sure you're leading the MC. Uh, I don't think you guys realize how much of a farm system we have, um, and we're constantly watching and evaluating uh, young leaders as they're raising up, and we're going to start picking you guys left and right. So uh, how do you get involved uh, with just Milledgeville in general? All that will start to roll out, but if you want to get in part of, uh, want to be one of the next planners to be sent out, then just, just keep serving the way you're serving. Um, all right, I'm just going to read this whole thing, and hopefully it's not a bad question. But the guy that sent it is really smart, so I don't think it will be. Um, seems like there's a major opportunity in Milledgeville to partner with Habitat for Humanity and really reach across the railroad tracks and start a permanent mission in that community. Are there any plans to lead groups to build, renovate, unkeep low-income homes, to bring food to the hungry, and to show Jesus' love, the shine of the light of his name in the darkness of the world. Uh, and I would say the, the Milledgeville guys have been doing that. Um, they're part of this coalition, right? I mean, they're, they're thinking and strategizing ways to get into that community. Um, and at some level, they just need some help doing that. So yes, that is uh, one area that they will definitely be pursuing is that uh, coalition. 
Um, so um, you, we don't have to end now. If you've got more questions, um, please put it on a card. Please keep texting it in. Um, but here's, here's how I want to end this morning, and then we'll celebrate. Um, when, when Jesus died, three days later, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, all the thousands of people that were following Jesus were, were whittled down to 120. So when Pentecost came, when, when the Spirit breathed life into these guys, there's 120 of them. Now, let's just trace them. By the end of the first century, uh, there was 50,000 believers. 120 to 50,000. By A.D. 400, 34 million believers. 120, end of the first century, 35,000, or 50,000, end of AD 400, 400, or 34 million. Now that sounds crazy, but I just want us to look around for a second. There are over 120 of us in this room. That, we're not far off from this. We cannot let fear continue to drive. We must ask the Lord, what do you have for us? Where am I supposed to go, God? I want to be sent. Wherever it is, Father, send me. If that's Milledgeville, I'm there. If that's any other college town in the southeast, I'm there. If that's going across the street, I'm there. If that's getting more plugged into a missional community, I'm there. I, and, and we have such a desire to see a move of God and it, it starts with you. There's no strategizing for us. It starts with all of us saying, I'm in. Fear is gone, I'm in. There's no more middle ground, I'm in. Whatever it looks like, count me in. So, so here's how I wanna end this morning. We've got communion set up on both sides. Um, we need to stop to remember, by us committing this we're in, it's only because Christ committed to be in for us first. It's only that we love is because Christ first loved us. The only reason we're doing this, we're gathering, is because God sent his only son here to rescue us from sin, to rescue us from condemnation. The only reason we can talk about Milledgeville is because we have a bold truth to proclaim that Jesus is good and he saves. And the way he saves is through his blood, is through his body. And so I don't want us to strategize, to plan, to do any of this stuff without first coming back to the cross and hitting our knees and going, God, if you're not a part of this, kill it. It's been our prayer from the beginning that if God is not part of this church, if we're doing this apart from him, then don't let us have a slow, agonizing death. Cut us off from the vine quickly. So as we take communion this morning, let us first remember all that Christ has done for us individually and us as a church and use that to trust him and where we're going from here. So let's pray. Well, Father, thank you so much for what you have done. God, you, you're the lead pastor. You're the lead elder. This is your church. This is not ours. And Jesus, we are so humbled to see all that has taken place this morning. We, we can't believe it. Father, the way that you have orchestrated and lined so many things up is just not coincidence. It cannot take place. And so, Father, we just pray for um, the team as they prepare to launch the branch of Milledgeville. Um, God, we pray that they would not try to do this on their own power, but they would rest and trust in you. God, we pray for the sacrifices that the branch of Lanaga is making uh, to send out this team. 
God, I pray that none of us would be selfish in our outlook, but we would always be kingdom focused. But God, I pray for us in the church. What does it look like for us to follow Kyle and Jen's example? What does it look like for us to follow Tyler, Bailey, and Collier's example? To live a sent life. It's like Martin Luther said, what, what's the point of Jesus dying on the cross if we don't tell anybody? It's like Spurgeon said, we're either a missionary or an imposter. So God, we just pray even now that you'd be speaking to our hearts. Father, for those that have just been walking the middle road, God, we pray that you would make that middle road disappear. God, I know you're speaking to us in this room right now and what you have for us. And we pray that we listen. We pray that we obey. We pray that we talk about it. That we get our friends to hold us accountable. And Jesus, I'd be remiss to say that we're not terrified. That many of us didn't sleep last night pondering and thinking and praying about this. that there is a real sense of fear here. But Jesus, we trust you. Jesus, we love you. So God, we're thankful for all that you've done in the last three years. And we're humbled to even think about what you'll do in the next decade. So as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, as believers, would we to stop to remember this is your church, this is your plan, you are sovereign. God, your love for us knows no bounds. And we pray through all this that you would get all the glory because when you get the glory, then we get the joy. So Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making a way for us when there was no way. It's only by your name we pray. Amen.